I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Welcome to another episode of Restaurant and Retail Revelations, a podcast that spotlights movers and shakers in those very industries, along with the topics and trends that are top of mind for them. For any new listeners, and as a friendly reminder to our returning listeners, this podcast is made possible by Revel Systems, provider of the leading cloud-native POS platform on the market. And today's guest joins us from a restaurant grand opening happening in Denver, Colorado. Prakash Karamchandani, or PK for short, is the CEO and co-founder of Balance Pan-Asian Grill, a growing restaurant franchise that is, quote, a hip spot for clean Asian food. And we are delighted that Prakash is taking time out of a very packed schedule and exciting milestone for his growing brand to talk with us today. Yes, Balance Grill is doing some really innovative things when it comes to clean eating. And of course, your co-hosts would like to add some bonus points because Balance Grill is among the ranks of our beloved Rebel clients. So let's jump right in. Here's Prakash. Prakash, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And I know you as one of our valued Rebel clients and then also the CEO and co-founder of Balance Grill. Uh, but what I don't know is how you and co-founder Ho-Chan Jang originally got connected and then what inspired you both to create a restaurant franchise together. So can you share yeah. a little bit about that journey? And then for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with Balance Grill, do you mind giving a quick overview of the brand and then what sets you guys apart from the competition? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great setup. So I met uh, Ho-Chan, my business partner, when we were still in college. Uh, we both graduated in 2008 uh, with business degrees, myself with finance. Not a great time to graduate with that. Uh, kind of the classic millennial story at this point. Um, but yeah, we graduated school, couldn't get a job. He comes from a restaurant background. He said he wanted to start one. I figured that'd be fun. We were both uh tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. So starting a business didn't seem like that bad of an idea. So that's kind of how we got started. We looked around for jobs for you know eight months, decided to open a restaurant, spent about 12 to maybe 14 months uh, just ideating on it, the concept, finding a spot, getting it open. Uh, and we did our first one with, with no cash, actually. Uh, we used the TI for the landlord to pay for all the labor for construction and we got a home depot credit line to buy all the materials and we uh burned credit cards to buy all the equipment so that's kind of how we got up and going uh we've been on rebel since 2011 so for a very long time uh we definitely love being on rebel we built all of our tech stack on it uh as far as what balance is at this point we're still a relatively small brand but we're opening our first store in denver we've got four locations in toledo we also run an aquaponic farm. It's an urban uh, agricultural project. It's about 9,000 square feet where we grow a lot of our own produce. Um, so doing a lot of cool stuff. We do bowls, tacos, snacks, and we make some uh, bubble tea type drinks. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about us. We're very tech forward, uh, use kiosks. We have a white label app. Um, all of it's integrated with Revels, so yeah. I love that. And I may be a little bit off base here, but I'm guessing that Asian cuisine isn't necessarily the first thing that comes to mind when people think of Toledo, which is where you guys are started or, or where you were founded. 
Now, is that just a connection that's through where you and your co-founder went to school, or is there more to the the starting location being in that area? Uh, yeah, not much more than that. You know, we uh, both graduated from the University of Toledo, we're hometown, so we kind of knew where all the spots were, and uh, that's where we decided to dig in our heels and, and grow from there. That's great. And it's also super clear just by looking at your website that fresh quality menu ingredients are a really big focus to you guys. And you mentioned earlier that you actually source some of your food from a vertical urban aquaponic farm. Can you share yeah. more about what that is, how it works and why it's a priority for the restaurant? For sure. So I think deep down, it was it's always been a priority for us from day one because we really wanted to change the stereotype of Asian cuisine like nowadays, 2022. You can probably go out and get a pretty healthy Asian meal. But if you think back a decade ago, I mean, people thought Chinese food and they thought buffet, really low quality, cheap takeout delivery food. Um, nobody was thinking it'd be super fresh. But if you go back to Asia, I mean, they don't even they don't even save leftovers. You know, they cook what they need for the day. They go down to the street market. They buy what they need for that night. They cook it fresh. They eat it. Uh, it is a very fresh cuisine. But the way it was iterated initially coming into America's is very like low quality, all you can eat buffet type of thing. So we really wanted to kind of modernize that. Um, CJ is super passionate about ingredients. He's really the chef. That's not my end of the business. Uh, but he used to go down to the farmer's market when we had one store and he was able to get stuff. When we opened up a second store, he connected with those farmers and we tried a, a bunch of different models going direct to them trying to buy by the case, doing a CSA model, all of that. And then by the time we got to scores four and five, there was just no way they would be able to keep up because as much of an agricultural state as Ohio is, we really just grow commodity crops. We're not really growing crops for, you know, humans to eat and sustain themselves on. So we realized uh, one way we could reach our mission was to uh, grow a lot of the food ourselves uh, indoors, anything above the soil grade we can pretty much do, but we really specialize in uh, a little more than a handful of products that are on our menu that are, you know, much more feasible and realistic to grow indoors. Uh, and then the rest of it is really like root crops. So onions, garlic, carrots, stuff like that. And we're able to work with local farmers for that because the growing season is a lot wider. Uh, but that allows us to get locally grown, post organically grown produce 365 days a year. And probably more important from a business perspective, we're able to do it for a fixed cost year round. So that's pretty cool. You got to love that. And in some ways, you're also kind of controlling your own supply chain. So I think there's several fringe benefits if you're able to make an investment like you guys have. So maybe sure. a little bit on the flip side of um, the agricultural side of things and the farm, you know, as with many businesses, I'm sure that Balance made some changes during the pandemic. And I bet some of those are still in place today. And one that I'd really like to focus on with you is ordering process specifically online and mobile ordering, as well as kiosks in store where you have those. So when did your team decide to implement those lasting changes to consumer ordering options? That is a really great question. Very, uh, very on target. So when we went into the pandemic, we were as best suited as a concept could be to, to go into something as unpredictable as the pandemic. Uh, we had already launched in 2017 our white label mobile app. Before that, we had one by a company called Chow Now, which most people are probably familiar with. After that, we launched a white label one that was direct integrated. 
to Revel, and it was super popular. I mean, we uh, trended to just before the pandemic, 50% of our revenue was coming into our mobile lab, 80% of orders were takeout, 20% were dine in, and then obviously we got hit with the pandemic. And so we already had a lot of that infrastructure in place. Uh, we never closed a day. We did shut off our phones and we made the only way to order our proprietary mobile lab, um, which, you know, early in the pandemic, we didn't even know if it could be spread through a telephone handset. You know, everybody was pretty scared. So that was like our safest way of doing it. And because we were one of the only places open, I mean, we just exploded. Um, and we realized pretty quick uh, with our entire operation switching to mobile app only, uh, there was no way to really go back ever, even after we reopened. And so, and there were so many benefits of doing it that way, operationally, obviously, so much smoother, um, just the entire process. I mean, we were just more efficient on every metric you can calculate by doing it that way. And so we wanted to preserve that as much as possible. So we reached out to Revel. I talked to my contact there. Uh, we talked through kiosks. We ended up uh, renovating all of our stores while our doors were closed uh, because it was cheap and that was the time to do it. Um, and so we could reopen with kind of a new look and we incorporated all mobile ordering into that. So we used to have POS stations, people would come up, you would order by talking to a customer service rep, then you go around to the other end and you pick up your food. So similar to like a Panera, we're not like a Chipotle type fast casual. Uh, and so in this, we completely eliminated those. We added in admin kiosks, like what you would see at a grocery store to do overrides and stuff. That's where our main POS lives. And then all of our stores have a minimum of three kiosks in them. Uh, and it's been super smooth. I was a little worried when we popped our doors open that, um, you know, maybe there would be a little bit of hesitation to adoption, but it was flawless. I mean, customers walked in, they saw the kiosk, they walked right up. We did a full reno though. I mean, we got rid of, we changed out everything on the inside. So we got rid of digital menu screens and stuff. And it's very obvious you walk up to the kiosk to interact with the brand and after polling customers, we did some uh, customer sentiment analysis and they absolutely love the kiosks. So this combination of uh, kiosks and uh, app ordering is, is doing really well for us. And it sounds like, you know, that was a really natural time for you to be able to go in and do those renovations. Um, you mentioned some trends. Do you have any stats that come to mind just in relation to the kiosk orders versus maybe online orders now that things have opened back up a little bit more? Are you still seeing a lot of both? Yeah, I mean, we're edging back. We're still about 90% app orders, 10% in-store kiosk orders. Um, so it is definitely not even returned to pre-pandemic level. But I think what's more interesting is kind of the average ticket numbers. So we had a pre-pandemic average ticket of 1350 when ordering in-store and then 1550 when ordering through the app. Now we made a couple of changes through the app, uh, like suggested items and stuff like that. And we were able to get that average ticket all the way up to 1770. And then that was one of the key metrics I was looking at when people picked up the kiosk, would we be able to maintain a high average ticket? Part of it is that you're self-navigating through the kiosk. And when you're putting the ordering process in your customer's hands, they can just see all the modifiers, right? And so they start clicking, 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 adding stuff on. The next thing you know, a 950 bowl is like 13 bucks, you know, but they're super happy with it. They get what they want. That's awesome. It lifts our average ticket, which is great. And the good thing is, is that when we rolled out the kiosk, we were able to maintain parity. It's slightly lower, but it's about 1750 average ticket on our kiosk and 1775 on our app, which is awesome because when we had in-person 
people taking orders, even though we trained them to upsell, clearly it didn't work as well as the software. That's huge. And what a significant jump in, in ticket price. It's so it sounds like all in all, you guys fared pretty well, um, all things considered, during a, a pretty difficult couple of years. It sounds like technology was very much at the heart of that. I'm curious Absolutely. how else your team is leveraging technology solutions to foster things like just a generally a great guest experience. You've, you've touched on a lot of those already, but is there anything else we, we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. Um, so obviously the app putting in the customer's hands is great. We built our own curbside uh, triage system that we integrated with our app, which is awesome. Uh, we have since uh, integrated our KDS and Twilio for SMS so that customers are getting live SMS messages when their orders are being bumped, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of our tech is, is more back of house facing. Uh, we are rolling out new things like we have a new website uh, launching. Uh, we are launching a catering website, uh, which is already launched, and we've integrated that into both Revel and Slack. Uh, we take all of our customer feedback that comes in either through social media, Yelp, Google reviews, or even from our white label app, and we port it into Slack, which we use for employee communication. And that has really built a great customer-focused culture because all of our employees are able to see real time what the experience is. I mean, we're talking like 15 to 20 feedback uh, messages per shift. Uh, and so having that be public inside of our employee pool is, is excellent. Um, you know, they can go through and just see what the, what the sentiment is like. Okay, you've got, you've got farms, you've got backend technology, you've got kiosks. So I think if Folks haven't figured this out on their own. Um, Balance is, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of great stuff as a brand, and you are also regularly one that makes headlines. So I know a recent accolade was um, the, the restaurants feature in the 75 restaurants on the fast casual top 100 movers and shakers list. And not only that, but you and your co-founder co uh, were specifically named on the same list in the section featuring the 25 executives from the industry. So I want to say congratulations on both instances of making the list. Thank um, you so much. Uh, and second, I want to dig into the recognition a little bit further, which is, I mean, what what is the secret sauce? What are you and your team doing at Balance Grill that you think is routinely landing you on these lists and um, in industry and publication headlines? I mean, it's uh, first, it's a huge honor. I mean, we're... Uh, head down working in the business, working on the business every single day, closely with our, our team. I think probably what's most foundational part of our culture is uh, we're just all about continuous improvement. This concept of Kaizen of, you know, every day we're not competing with another concept, we're competing with ourselves from yesterday. And how can we make that experience incrementally better so that every time a customer returns, uh, they return to us, obviously, because they had a great experience on their prior visit. And we need to wow them again. You know, it's never good enough just to hold a consistent experience. It needs to be consistently great. And it needs to be consistently better than the prior experience. Yeah, I really like that mindset. Your, your only competition is yourself. I think that's really smart. And you, Prakash, you have a background in marketing among a lot of other areas. And marketing just happens to be one of Sydney and I's favorite things. So I'd be yep. curious to know what some of the latest marketing campaigns and tactics 
that you guys are implementing over at Balance Grill. And if there are successes to note that you can attribute to marketing efforts, I'd love to hear about those as well. Yeah, absolutely. So right now we're just focused on like a pretty deep uh, funnel, uh, bringing people from social media into the app uh, and then eventually to place in an order. And so uh, the construction of that funnel is very much based around obviously product marketing. So we start a lot of that. We'll do like a two-sided campaign, something internal to our uh, customers so that they can get kind of a deal or some kind of point accumulation or whatever it is. And then also marketing that same item uh, out to customers uh, and then doing a lot in the uh, technology end of it, kind of like the blue plate concept of it picks up who's a first time customer and then sends some automated campaigns to them on a workflow that makes sure that they come back in a total of three times uh, so that we can hopefully gain that customer for a lifetime. So that's been our big focus uh, is looking um, initially on social media, finding the right demographic groups to market to, finding the right menu items on our menu that will really get them to kind of get off on the couch and come in. Uh, and then make sure that they order through the app so that we can have a chance at owning them. Yeah, I love that. The customer journey is so nonlinear these days. And so um, it's always fascinating to hear how brands are capitalizing on that and, you know, just becoming present in all of the different channels that are available. Um, another thing that we've seen restaurants embrace more frequently just coming out of the pandemic is this concept of living wages for employees at all levels. And I know livable wages are a priority for you all at Balance Grill. So I was curious if you would just share more about how your team is able to make that happen and how it has translated to employee satisfaction and longevity in general. Yeah, absolutely. So living wage is super important. I think it's super important for the long-term viability of our industry. Unfortunately, restaurants are kind of like stereotyped as low wage earning, um, and the reality is, I mean, the work's really tough. I mean, anybody who's ever worked in the industry, in the service industry will tell you uh, straight up, I mean, this is not an easy job. And so um, you've got to, if you want high guest satisfaction scores, you really, it translates back to retainment. And if you want to retain employees, the compensation has to be right and they have to be able to live on it. And they have to do more than really live. I mean, they have to thrive. They have to enjoy their time. And uh enjoy their time at work, enjoy their time outside of work. And that's our responsibility to find a way to make it happen. The way we've done it is to heavily incentivize cross-training. Um, and that allows us to, and also uh, incentivize uh, people having an open availability. So really we only hire 18 and up. Um, we don't take tips as a brand. So the entire burden of it, providing a livable wage is on us. Um, and we heavily incentivize cross-training. We incentivize tenure. Uh, both of those translate into the wage that employees earn. Uh, and by putting that in their hands and kind of creating this uh, meritocratous type system, um, they're able to earn a very high average wage. So minimum wage in our state is 1880. Uh, average hiring wage for most fast food in our area is 12. We're pretty far behind a lot of other areas. Chipotle in our area averages about 1450 and our average wage is about 1850. Um, Amazon pretty much caps out in our area at 1750. So, um, you know, those are the big kind of uh, behemoths in our markets that we look at as uh, bellwethers as to how we're doing uh, from a competitive standpoint. And it's translated into a really great average tenure. So our average tenure is about two and a half years, post 60 days. 
Um, we have a sub 30% turnover rate. Most of that's attributed to uh, kids going to school, back to school, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, we've done well. I mean, we're a 12 year old concept at this point. We still have one of our very first uh, employee hires still on our team. We've been with us for all 12 years. Um, a number of the people I'm out, I mentioned earlier, pre-recording that I'm out on site right now at a new school that we're opening in Denver and our opening team uh, combined 10 years, like 15 years. So pretty good. Pretty good as an understatement. Uh, the tenure alone, I think, speaks for itself. That is so awesome. And you guys are really setting a standard for the industry, which is very cool. Another topic I'm generally generally curious about is menu innovation. And I'm sure your aquaponic farm factors into this a little bit, but how does your team decide when to change things up on the menu and what factors do you consider when you're making those decisions? Yeah, uh, one of the things we do on a, on a very regular basis is to go through our product mix report from the level. And we export those for various time periods. Uh, and then we bring it into Excel and we create trend reports so that we can see what items are trending up and down. Um, group the items by taste preference. So that's something that we do internally. You kind of know what, what customer demographic group we're going after when we design a menu item. And when we see a menu item trending down and we seek to replace it. And we look at current trends, uh, what other group trends are increasing, what other customer bases, demographic bases we want to capture, and we design menu items based on that data. That's pretty involved, and that's awesome. I love to hear that you're utilizing a few different Revel reports in a way that's so beneficial to the end consumer as well. That's that's very cool. Um, and of course, uh, we've now mentioned a couple times that we are uh, disrupting a milestone for you at this very moment and that you're at a grand opening in Denver. So thank you for that. Um, but I am also sure. curious to know if there's just any other upcoming events, milestones, or generally just noteworthy updates that you can give us a sneak peek into in terms of what's on the horizon for Balance Grill. Absolutely. So we'll continue to grow in the Denver market. Uh, we will start growing in the Dallas market uh, later this year, and early next year. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. We've got some really cool new features that we're launching into our mobile app, new website, new catering website, like I mentioned earlier on the call. We've got, um, I think one of the biggest things back of Housewives is we just completed a complete build out for our training app, which we've integrated to our scheduling app, which is also integrated to Revel. And that makes training a quantifiable dollar value, um, which is like the holy grail from my perspective. Uh, as far as uh, a scalable concept. So I'm very excited about that. And I have a lot to thank uh, to Revel for being able to make our concept function the way it does. Sounds like uh, there's a lot of exciting growth on the horizon. All great stuff. And I can't wait to try out the menu next time I'm in one of your markets. Um, yeah. And we'll gladly take you in Atlanta. We always, Sydney and I always say that to clients who aren't uh, already here. Uh, and with that, we're, we're kind of towards the end of our episode here, Prakash, and we always like to ask if there's anything maybe we haven't asked you today uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners. No, I said I'm uh, very happy, very thankful to all of our customers, our employees, our vendor partners like Revel and all the other ones that uh, make balance uh, a great, great uh, project to be working on. Well, thank you again for the time today, for letting us um, take a little bit of slice of your time, especially amidst the excitement and flurry of activity of a grand opening 
And um, we just, we really appreciate you, not just for your time on the podcast, but generally as a partner and an amazing client. So thank you. Thank you. And we are excited for what's next in terms of tech innovation and how we can help you guys continue to grow. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I have always known Prakash is a man on the move, and he solidified that by agreeing to a podcast interview mid-grand opening. That is truly next level. And I'm so glad we got to hear from him because Balance Grill is a brand to watch for a generally great approach to business and the Kaizen philosophy, not to mention constant innovation for the growing concept. It's so true. It sounds like Balance Grill is a great place for customers and employees alike. I enjoyed hearing how the pandemic primed them for a shift in ordering channels. And it's also amazing that their approach to a living wage has helped with really long-term retention and employee satisfaction. That's got to translate to better overall experience for really everyone involved. Exactly. You might even call it a recipe for success. And yes, the pun is intended. So now that I've worked in a dad joke for the episode, I think it's probably time for us to close things out. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think you're right. Here is a final thanks to Prakash for his time and insights on today's episode and to all of our listeners who tuned in. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did make sure you like, and subscribe to restaurant and retail revelations on Spotify, Apple music, or wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss an episode. As always, we'll be back soon with fresh content. <laughs>